Johnny's a great cricketer, um, great batsman to have in the side, but just a little bit too rusty to go into a first Ashes match of such magnitude. And, uh, you know, two or three mistakes could have, well, I think it might well have cost us the game. Welcome to the latest episode of Caught Down the Legside. This month, it's just me and Jerry, as others are off travelling, holidaying, partying, and some will even say working. But the show goes on, and Jerry and I discuss the men's and women's ashes, the Charlotte Edwards Cup, and the early rounds of the T20 Blast. It's just a shame that we recorded this a few hours before Middlesex's stunning victory at the Oval, which is absolutely typical. So please do disregard any of our commentary around Middlesex's complete ineptitude at this format of the game. I hope you enjoy the episode. Jerry, how you doing, mate? It's just me and you this month. Yeah, I'm good, Freddie. Thank you. Yeah, feeling a bit lonely, but but we'll get through it. We we will indeed. We will indeed. How are things? All good? Very good, yeah. Enjoying a bit of sunshine, uh, dry wickets and all that. But no, all good, thank you. Excellent. Right, listen, lots to cover this month. Bit of ashes, bit of women's ashes. But let's start with the men. Let's start with the men. There's so much to unpack about that. Great finish. But, yeah, some initial reflections. Yeah, well, my first reflection is Robinson needs to probably keep his mouth shut until he's actually done something for England. Um, bless him. Um, I'm not sure Kawaja was the right target, judging by the fact that he averaged 100 during that test match. Yep. So, uh, yeah, silly boy. Um, yeah, I, that, that obviously wasn't the reason why we lost, but uh, I don't think it helps uh, at all. Um that, that that's that's my first re- response. My second is is Johnny Bairstow, isn't it, as a wicketkeeper? And I think we covered it off in our initial chats about the team and what the team should look like. And I think we all said that folks, or most of us said that folks should be in there. And I think that just, um, I just think that confirms that he should be. Um, Johnny's a great cricketer, um, great batsman to have in the side, but just a little bit too rusty to go into a, a first Ashes match of such magnitude and, uh, you know, two or three mistakes could have, well, I think it might well have cost us the game, but um, there you go. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, I was trying to be um, really balanced in in my thinking of it in terms of, you know, he did, coming in at number seven, he brought a lot of impetus in that first innings, right? So that's big, big tick there, massive tick. But, you just can't afford those drops or miss stumpings. You just can't. No, you can't. Not not at that level. You don't get many chances. And when you get them, you, you just got to take them. Totally. But you know what? It wasn't just Johnny as well, right? I mean, yeah. The amount that that's the thing for me when I look at that test is just the overall missed up. People talk about you're already getting stuff on social media about baseball, this, baseball, that. Nothing to do with baseball. It's. Nah. It's we just dropped, we missed key opportunities. 
Yeah, we, we we weren't quite on it. And, you know, we've got a couple of people in that team, you know, Mo and Ali, um, you know, obviously had a problem with his finger. And that's going to happen because he hasn't played Red Bull cricket for such a long time. He hasn't bowled that magnitude of overs uh, that's needed to toughen up those calluses on his fingers. And, and and you know, unfortunately, that, that cost us as well because he was struggling. And uh, on a wicket that was so dry going into days four and five, we needed someone that it was a quality spinner because you can bet your bottom dollar if we were batting last against Lyon, um, he would have cleaned us up probably. So, yeah, that, that, that's one thing to consider. And Stokes is the other one with his bowling. You know, great cap. I'm not saying you should leave him out. Don't get me wrong. He's captain of the side and he batted well, second dig. But, um, you know, we need him to bowl more. Um, we need a team with certainly four or five seamers that, that are ready at any any moment. And the fact that Anderson involved um, in that last innings, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I don't know what you thought, Freddie. No, totally. And do you know what? I um, I heard something the other day, <laughs> which I think is absolutely spot on. I mean, like Australia went into that test on the back of the World Test Championship. So they were, they were match ready going into that test their test match, their, their bowlers had, had bowled a lot of overs, got a lot of overs yeah. to their legs. If you look at the pick of our bowlers, it was Stuart Broad. He played the test yeah. match against Ireland. Now, obviously, yeah. not saying that Ireland's like a bit like, it's nowhere near what the Aussies got against India. But Anderson, Robinson, Moen Ali, like you've said, Ben Stokes, like you said, they weren't match sharp. They weren't bowling sharp. No. And I think that that really showed. And the only bowler that was, who's just been playing, play, bowling over after over in county cricket and in that test against Ireland was Stuart Broad. And he looked the most penetrative of all the bowlers. He did. Yeah, I mean, Robinson bowled well, um, but he didn't look like he was, you know, he was going to take many wickets. That, that was the problem with Robinson. He was a bit one-dimensional, I think. And that's the other thing as well. I also think... You needed for me. You needed to play the Mark Wood. I just think you need that extra bit of something, particularly when the pitches are that flat. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and, and I'm, I've no doubt that he, he'll be back at Lords. What about the Aussies? Did you any surprises about the Aussies? Um, well, I, I mean, it was very nice to see Labuschagne and, and Smith not performing very well, and. and Root reinforcing the fact that he is the number one batsman in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Kawaja does what he does. He just plays his own game, whatever the circumstances, and batted very well, to be fair. Lyon, again, we sort of mentioned, I think, Lyon a few weeks before before they actually started. He he was the guy to watch. You know, eight, eight wickets in the match, four each innings. He's a, he's a proper, proper performer on those sort of wickets. And um, Captain stood up as well, didn't he? Cummings stood up really well. Second innings bowled superbly. Took I think he took four, did he, in the sort of three or four in the second oh, innings, yeah. and, and obviously batted, took us through, took, took them through to um, a, a, a relatively decent score. So, yeah, it was uh, it was disappointing, but I've no doubt we'll, we'll bounce back. I just wonder what our side's going to look like at, at Lords. You know, uh, just before I go on to that, I'd say the one bit, the other bit that just frustrates me. I do think, first of all, I think England played really well. I do think England played, you know, mm. did play well. But the bit that frustrates me is Smith, Labashane, Warner, across both innings, 
right? They didn't really do anything. And yeah. you think that's rare for that to happen. And you've got to take advantage of that. Yeah. 100%. You know, when that when, when that happens. Totally agree. 100%. Yeah. They're not going to let us off the hook again like they did in that match, I don't think. But what changes would you would you do for next test, Red Lords? Cool. Blimey. Well, I mean, I guess we've got to ask is is Addy going to be fit? Is he is he going to be able yeah, to I was going to say that about Spinner? I don't I don't think he will be because if it, if it's his finger and looking at it, you just don't can't see that recovering. That you know, yeah. there's only a week. But all he's going to need is he's going to get back bowling. You can just see it after a X number of overs, it's going to go again. It's just going to rip it's more skin off. I'm not sure that a week's going to give him enough time to re to repair the damage. In truth, so. Uh... Yeah, and if he doesn't play, what do you do? <laughs> do you go with? Uh, do you just say, right, Root, you're you're going to be our spinner, and uh, we'll we'll put an extra seamer in. I mean, I think that's probably what I'd do because what are the options at spin? You know, there's talk about people like uh, you know Ahmed coming in, but he's not done anything for Leicester this year with the ball. He has with done... bat, but not with the ball. He hasn't done anything. Dawson's another option. Talk about Matt Richley down at Kent, who, who can bat as well, but. You know, these guys are very raw. I don't think they've played even, well, certainly Critchley. I'm not sure if he's played a Lions cricket, but um, yeah, I think he's a good prospect. But chuck him into a Lord's Test match when you're 1-0 down, it's probably not the answer. So I would personally just leave Ali out and go with the extra seam. You'd definitely play Wood. Yeah. Uh, and they'll probably go with, the, providing um, Anderson's fit, probably go with the same seamers and just put Wood in for, for Ali. Bit of a risk, but... I don't think we've got any other options and we're going to have to ask Joe to um, to bowl a lot. Yeah, and, and do you know what? If you break that down and you look at the spinners, you said, Critchley, Ahmed, Dawson, if you just took that man for man and you would say, OK, actually, if, I've got a, if it's me and I've got a toss-up between any of those three and Mark Wood, who is more likely to frighten the Aussies? And yeah. You know, and, and and get you a match-winning performance, and you're yeah. going to get Mark Wood. Yeah, of course, yeah. And of course, the other change would be folks, <laughs> folks to uh, to come in at seven and Bearstow uh, to to open the batting uh, for Mr. Crawley, who who to be fair performed well in the first innings, but uh, still only averaged 34 in the match. Which, well, I I think we just need a wicketkeeper in there. A proper wicketkeeper, and you're not going to drop Besto. So unfortunately, the only other person is Duckett. No, Crawley. Yes. Yeah, um, hundred. But do you think that's going to happen, Freddie? Huh? Do you think that's going to happen? No. No. I think they'll keep the exact same. They'll keep the exact same uh, top seven. Keep the exact same top seven. Yeah. Yeah. But one day, one day, we will realise that playing your best wicketkeeper. Over the course of a match, you look at net runs, will put you in a far superior place. Yeah, I totally agree. What, what did you... Oh, we haven't really spoken about the wicket, actually, because that was another interesting point, wasn't it? What did you think about the wicket? Flat. Dry. <laughs> Flat, dry, yeah. Uh, I think Lords will be different. Yeah. I think Lords yeah. will be different. Yeah, you want something with a bit more carry, don't you? Certainly if they're if they're thinking of playing Woody. So uh, yeah, it was a bit slow, wasn't it? It was a bit flat. It didn't it didn't crumble as much as I thought it would, but uh, it was it wasn't the best. I'm not sure that's what they wanted. I bet it's what ECB wanted. They got five days out of it. 
No, there is that, of course. Rather than that. five days of revenue out of it, rather than three. Yeah, there is that. But yeah, I agree. I do. I think you'll be same again for England next test, apart from what you say they're bringing Wood. Yeah, do, do, do you think? Um, I mean, I think most of us sort of went two two. We thought there might be a draw in there. Do you still that think that stands up? I went two one. I still think there's going to be two draws. I was close. I was, you know, it's only a few, few yeah. overs, four overs away from a draw. Yeah, I'm not sure where the draw's going to come though. The the oval last match maybe. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, yes, because I thought it would be. I I thought the first one could be a draw, and I thought oval could be a draw. Fair enough. We shall see. Early days. Um, we're not giving up hope for sure. No, and I mean, look. Do you know what? I think what England. There are so many positives to come out of it for England. You know, and it's it's actually nice being disappointed. A different, a disappointed, but a different disappointment in the. Yeah. You think of, you know, first test at Brisbane or whatever last year, you know, that's disappointment because more angry disappointment. This is more frustrating disappointment because we we had the opportunities to win that test match. And and there's been quite a lot of um, chat about the uh, declaration by Stokes on day one. Um, I haven't got a yeah, where did you What did you thought next? I, I, I didn't mind that. No, I didn't mind that. I didn't I, mind I that. Was... I, you know, okay, tw- 20 minutes going at their their, their their openers. Let's go for it. Well, I don't think that costs us the game, for sure. I think um, other, other factors cost us the game. Yeah, for me, it's drop catches. And... It was drop catches, yeah, definitely. And and it was, you know, that's just typical of Stokes and how he wants to play. He wants to be positive. Hmm. So I thought it was quite, yeah, quite a sensible decision. Stick him in. It didn't come off, but it could have done. So uh, be on the front foot. Take it to them a little bit. So no problem with that at all. Okay, Women's Ashes kicked off today. Yeah, it does, actually. I've sort of uh, got one eye on it, if I'm honest. I hope it's not obvious, but, uh, yeah, what time are we now? We're on 10 to 6, so we're coming up to the end of play on day one. It is 239 for 6, the Australians. So they've just got Perry out, who was on 99. So that's a, that's a huge move for England. Um, yeah, take, take that at the start of the day. <laughs> it's taken out at the start of the day. Yeah, Um Again, you can look at the selection of the women's Ashes team, the English, certainly from an England point of view. I thought I think the Australians, apart from maybe Megan Shute, who wasn't picked maybe due to fitness, I don't know. Um, I think they're, they're and of course Lanning was wasn't coming over. So I think their team was was pretty pretty much as as everybody thought. Um the England team's quite interesting with Lauren Filer came in. Um I'm going to take a bit of glory here because I did mention that, I think, in our first or second uh, pod that she was one that to keep an eye on. But I, I'll be 100% honest, I never thought that they would jettison, jettison her in so quickly. Um, I was talking to Jack Brooks, actually. Jack Brooks, Somerset player, obviously a local Oxfordshire lad, so we know him quite well, me and, me and Tremors. Um, and he he was actually doing some work down at Western Storm, Um he was asked to go down there um, and, and just help out a little bit on, with their fast bowlers. And of course, Lauren Fyler was one of them. And he said to me, keep an eye on her for her. She is properly quick. Uh, and she's bowled today and she's bowled 70 mile an hour quite quite frequently. So, yeah, it was a bit of a one out of the hat and, and fair play for them doing that. She didn't really come in with any form. Um, hadn't taken a lot of wickets in, in, the, in the 50 over 
game or the Charlotte Evans Cup either. So, yeah, it was very surprising. I think the only the only concern looking at it today, she's bowled about 12, 13 overs. She does look knackered. <laughs> you know, she she hasn't had the conditioning that the contracted players have have have, you know, they've been able to sort of build up to these matches and she obviously hasn't been able to do that. So if they manage her correctly, yeah, I think that, that that's a great call. I, I would have played um I would have played another spinner though. I think uh, again, I think people know how Trent Bridge normally plays and it's certainly playing to to form. It's going to be it's going to flatten out, I think, and it's it, it's going to take a bit of spin on the last of the day potentially. So I think not having that spinner in there um might be an error. But again, having Wyatt as the extra batter coming in at sort of six and moving Jones down to seven um, does sort of reinforce the middle order. But but someone like a Charlie Dean coming in at seven that can bowl off spin, decent cricketer, good fielder, has a has a tendency to pick up important wickets when, when you need someone to take one. Um, other than that, I think, yeah, it was pretty predictable what, what the rest of the side was. I, I think Wong was a surprise to many. Yeah. Not personally to me, because we spoke about her playing in the Women's Premier League in India and how well she performed out there. Um, I don't know what's happened since she's come back, but um, she's lost a lot of form recently. So perhaps it wasn't a surprise that uh, she wasn't picked for this, certainly the five-day test match, but she might well uh, come in and perform in in some of the the, the white ball stuff. What about um, Danny Wyatt was... Yeah. Prize in terms of you know that you have the first it's her first it's a test debut. Test debut at thirty. Oh, I don't know how old she is. I'm not going to give her age, but yeah, went into it. She's into her thirties. Um, so yeah, a late test debut, and and yeah, probably deserved. Um, she's been in great form for Southern Vipers uh, when when she's been playing for them. Um, at the top of the order with my Boucher, they they they've certainly. One of the main reasons that the Vipers won the Charlotte Edwards Cup uh, because of the starts they got us off to. Uh, she scored a 50 in the final. She's been very consistent with the bat. So I think, uh, again, going back to what I was saying, it's a bit of an insurance policy for someone coming in at six, able to move Amy Jones down to seven potentially, and it just strengthens that middle order. Um, but I just hope they don't you know, rue the fact that they've left out uh, potentially another bowler, be it Danny Gibson as a as a, an all rounder seamer, or or someone like a Charlie Dean that can bowl some spin to support Eccleston, because I think Eccleston's probably into about twenty twenty fourth, twenty fifth over today, uh, and this is only the first innings, and the last person you want to over bowl because you're going to need her for the whole of this series is is Sophie Eccleston, but she's taking wickets, and of course she's bowling well as she normally does. Do you think like the inclusion of Danny Wyatt shows the kind of approach to England are looking to take it feels like they're trying to adopt a little bit of what's happening in the men's game with a bit more of a, an aggressive approach to their cricket Yeah they, they they do, they definitely do want to do that, Heather Knight's clearly stated that she wants to not emulate the men but certainly be a lot more positive in their approach to cricket um, and I think putting Lauren Fire in is, 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 a, is a prime example of that, someone that can bowl fairly quick and can can actually, you know, she might go for a few runs. She might be limited in the amount of overs she can bowl, but she's certainly gonna, she's certainly gonna have a go. And it's something the Australians won't be used to. So, so that's a sort of a front foot move. And putting Danny Wyatt in the middle order, um, it is a bold move because you know 
technically not the best, but certainly in flow. She, there's no one else like her in the world. She'll hit boundaries for fun. So, um, yeah, I still think there's an element of insurance there, but I also think it was a positive move from the from from England to to put her in there rather than go for an all rounder or a spinner. Perhaps let's go for an out and out attacking batter um, that will give them options. So yeah, good move I think on on paper on balance. And it's also great that they've actually turned this into a five day test over a four day test because I know the yeah. last the last few test tests as part of the Ashes have ended up being you know exciting finishes, but finishing in draws. Yeah, I think it's important because you never know what the weather's going to do either. You know, you might lose a bit of time. They've lost a bit of time today, but hopefully they'll get that back. Um, yeah, they deserve it as well. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? You know, they, they play as well as the men, uh, tactically, technically, physically. They're almost there. They're pretty much there, to be fair. These girls, certainly Australia and England are, um, to go over five days and play a form of cricket that people want to watch. Um, so... Yeah, I, I can't believe it was four days in the first place for, for any sort of test match. If it's a test match, it's five days. It's never, you know, you can't have a four-day test match. It just doesn't happen, does it? <laughs> so, yeah, they should have done it a long time ago. Glad they've done it. And hopefully that will mean there's going to be a result, certainly uh, going forward and, and particularly uh, in this series. Now, with what I love about the women's ashes is, is the actual structure of it in terms of the everything count the test match counts the one days counts the t20 counts in terms of the various points on offer what do you think about like with that because obviously the test match heavily weights the scoring so actually doing the test match first off yeah what do yeah, you think I, I, yeah I, I think it sets the scene i think you get well you get four points for a test match so yeah. it makes it incredibly more important to not lose that test match and go out and try and win that test match. You, you know, if you get two points and you've had a good go, fantastic. You, 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 you've lost nothing. Um, if you win it, four points, what a great start. It means whoever hasn't got the points at that time is going to have to go out and probably win the, 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 the T20 series and the 50 over series to, to, to peg it back. Um, so I think it sets it up fantastically. I really do, rather than have it in the middle. I think it puts a lot more onus on the game. It makes it a lot more, well, although it's always competitive, I just think it puts a lot more focus on actually coming out of that game and trying to win it because it means an awful lot to start off with four points in a 12-point series. Um, 12 points, no, 16 points, isn't it? And also, I think from England's point of view, there could be an, there's a good advantage potentially in terms of we know how strong Australia are in white ball cricket you know we're, we're talking early before we we, we we started recording a podcast you know that you could arguably say that that Australian team is the best sporting team in, in world cricket but I guess of the three formats the long format of the game is you can't necessarily say they're dominant because there's so few test matches that are played so actually from England's perspective if they can get a win in this test match which could be a bit more of a leveller then going into the when the white ball stuff hits and you potentially four points to mill up, you know you, you're then taking a lot of confidence into that white the white ball leg if England can get the result here. Yeah, that's a great point, Freddie. That's a great point that neither side play a lot of red ball cricket, and therefore it, it almost puts them on the level. Um, 
So yeah, that's why it even makes that more sensible for them to start off with a, with a test match. Because certainly, um, there is a big difference. The girls play with white ball all the time. You know, it's very yeah. rarely that they use a red ball. A lot of a lot of the uh, the girls have played men's cricket, so they're used to a red ball, albeit a bigger red ball. But of course, it's a kookaburra white ball, and now they're playing with the Duke's red ball. So there's a shift already. You know, so they put that's why they had the warm up games. Get used. They've been using them a lot in the nets, um, but Australia wouldn't have used the the, the, the ladies wouldn't have used the, the Duke ball that much themselves. The Australians, so um, it is a bit of a leveler, and uh, it's now two forty nine for six. So <laughs> it's, it's all to play for. <laughs> you mentioned the um, the warm up games there. Um, the England, if I get this right, it is the it's, they are known as the England A, right? In... So you've got an England A squad uh, and an Australia A squad. So you've got an Australia A squad that have come over with the main Australian squad, which is great. Yeah. And so England A have put together, or they're putting together squads for the three-day games and the white ball games as well to play Australia A. Um, and the warm-up games were Australia. Obviously, Australia couldn't play England. So it was Australia against England A and then England against Australia A. And the and... way that England A performed... In that, yeah, it shows the strength we must have coming through because we, the, the ladies, the England ladies, were had a phenomenal performance. I thought in that game against the full Australia side. Yeah, that they did extremely well. They, they really did. And there's a, I think the professionalism that's coming through having those that amount of people, sorry, players that are now full time is really starting starting to show. Um, and I think there's there's a good. 30, 40 players now that you can look at to, to slot into an England side and an England A side and, and even, you know, the England under-19 side. There's some wonderful youngsters coming through, you know, spinners, seamers, batters. So it does look very good for the future. And those games were played um, really competitively. I, I, I saw, a, you know, quite a bit of either, both of them. And, um, you know, the fact that they went the full three days and there was no results, I think it showed that... Uh, how far we've come when we went out to Australia uh, to play an Australia A England A series. England A didn't win a single game, um, and there was a T Twenty yesterday that England A beat Australia uh, A at. Oh really? I didn't see that yesterday. Uh, at Loughborough, yeah. So they won quite comfortably, you know, by seventy odd runs. So yeah, I will say that I think that the, the Australia A squad is more. Is picked more for the longer format, the 50 sort of over game than the T20 game, looking at the batters right. that they've selected. Um, but, you know, taking nothing away from, from the England A side, that, that was a wonderful win. Who um, who performed yesterday? Mike Boucher, uh, again, who's having a great season, scored seven. He's mentioned there a few times. Yeah, I, 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 she'll definitely be in the England uh, T20 squad. Um, she scored 74 yesterday. Charlie Dean was playing for the A squad. She uh, she took three wickets, I believe. I should know I was there, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean their their bowling was a bit of a right first up, and and to to be fair to 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 Maya, she played some lovely shots and just punished it. Um, and we scored two. We listen to me. England scored two hundred and seven, I think, and. Uh, I think after 20 overs, Australia I were 134-7. So it was pretty comprehensive. Nice. And Freya, Freya Davis took three wickets as well. So another one that will probably be uh, 
the fast bowler that will be in the uh, the, the, the white ball squads for England. That's the interesting thing as well, like the the amount of kind of fast bowlers that are starting to emerge now, like mm. what you said about in terms of in the fulling the, the test side, but then it just seems there's more and more names coming through that can actually bowl genuine pace. Um, I remember Tremors in the last podcast was saying about how impressed he was in terms of the quality of the quick bowlers coming through and the pace that they're now these players seem to be able to generate. Um, you know, you just said a ton of names. You know, it's, that's really encouraging. Yeah, it is. And I think John Lewis has made it clear that he wants a depth of about 12 seamers that he can pull together and, and get them working as, a, as almost like a squad, as a unit, mm. pull them away in the, in the winters when they can and just work with these girls so that um, he's got to pull the players. Because of the amount of cricket, obviously, that's coming on with franchise cricket, cricket plus tours, et cetera, et cetera, there's no way all of these seamers are going to be able to play in every game. So it's becoming a bit like a bit like the men's internationals. Um, so he just needs to make sure that he's got a good pool of players that he knows well. He knows what they can do, get them in the right condition, um, you know, improve their game, and and have have that sort of pool to tap into as and when he when he wants to. And I think that's really really sensible and encouraging because the talent is definitely there, but it's maybe how they've been managed historically that has caused the problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and interestingly, you say that about the seamers, but I assume that must be true for the spinners because, you know, like we talked earlier about Mo and Ali and the men's and debating, oh, my God, like, who could we possibly bring in to replace Mo in? Yeah. There. But actually, yeah. women's cricket, if we just said, you know, you've got obviously Sophie Eccleston in the, in the team at the moment, but Sarah Glenn, Charlie Dean, Lindsay, you know, yeah. you've got... You've got a pool of really good spinners. Yeah, I'd say you've probably got um, you've got Kirsty Gordon as well, another left arm spinner. Lindsay, left arm spinner. Sophie Eccleston, left arm spinner. You've got those three. You've got a, a youngster that hasn't yet really performed that well this year, but will will, will definitely be one to reckon with in the future. Sophie Smale down at Western Storm. She's another tall Eccleston like. Uh, left yeah. arm spinner, so so that's the that's just the left arm spinners, and then you've got your, your leg spinners. Yeah. You know, Hannah Baker played for the England under nineteens, coming through. Um, you've got a number of ladies coming through that are bowling off spin, leg spin, left arm spin, um, and again, that's really encouraging. Massively so, massively so. So put you on the spot. And obviously, you, you you know where we are after day one of the series. Predictions. Wow. Well, it's my heart or my head. This is this is the challenge. Well, for the ladies' ashes, I have Australia twelve, England four, because I still believe that that dominance, unfortunately, at the moment, whilst that gap is hopefully closing, is still there, um, and I just cannot see England beating Australia in this Ashes series. And I'd love to come back on in three weeks' time for you to tell me how wrong I was. But I'm trying to be as honest as I possibly can when I look at the two squads side by side at this moment in time. I mean, I, you know, I hope I have got it wrong. 
But I think England might pick up a T20, maybe two of those or one and, and a 50 over maybe. And is it, is it, remind me, two points it's two points so, and two points for T20s? That's right, two points a game. So three T20s, three 50 overs, two points each and four points for the Test match. Yeah, so so I'm, test I'm, is crucial, I'm, isn't it? Test is crucial. Well, I'm thinking Australia, but, I mean, England have fought back really well in this last session, to be fair. But I'm thinking four points for Australia in the Test match. Yeah. Um, I can't see them losing it. And I think it'd be great if England would get a draw out of it. Although five days... Yeah, I just think there'd be no probably cut. If, if Australia win the Test, I think it'd be really hard for England yeah. to come back from... Because you're already, that, that's two games deficit. Yeah, yeah. And and the thing that also makes me feel that is the spin options that Australia has. We talk, I talked earlier about Eccleston being the only recognised spinner in the side, and that puts so much pressure on her. She has got Lamb, who bowls a bit of off-spin, but part-timer. And Heather Knight herself bowls a bit of off-spin, part-timer. But then I'm not sure that she's bowling that much due to her, due to her fitness at this moment in time. So if you look at the Australian side, they've got a an off-spinner in Ashley Gardner. They've got a leg-spinner, um, whose name escapes me. I'll come back to that. And they've got Jess Jonathan, who's the left-arm spinner. Alana King, sorry, the leg-spinner's Alana King. And you have Jess, Jess Jonathan, the left-arm spinner. So off-spinner, leg-spinner, left-arm spinner, all quality players. You know, Ash Gardner's batting now. She's an all-rounder. And that's where I think it will change. The game will change as the pitch gets drier. England batting last now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. So, again, I hope I'm wrong. So, but at the moment, it's 12 4 to Australia. Yeah. What do you think, Freddie? I know that's what I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating the point scoring system now because, yeah, my head thinks Australia will win the test. Um, I think I'm probably similar to, I could see England picking up two wins. But then that's what, that's only four points, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so if they lose the test, they've really got to win the T20s maybe, well, 2-1 at least. They'll have to win those. If they lose 2-1 in that, they're yeah. eight, you know, they're eight two down. Yeah, so there you go. So I'm going to be a bit more optimistic, but I think it'll be, ten, it'll be then 10-6. Elsewhere in the women's game, Vipers won the Charlotte Edwards Cup. They did. A remarkable effort. It was a great tournament, actually. I mean, as a Vipers fan, for obvious reasons, um, I thought it was a brilliant tournament. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. but it was. It was three weeks of fantastic weather, you know, and fantastic cricket. Blaze literally blazed their way to the final without losing a game. Um, Vipers struggled. Vipers won their last five to actually win it. So they did very, very well indeed. They have they have that experience, I think, and depth that saw them over the line. Um, every team struggled. England players were in and out all the time, so it was never particularly a settled, settled side. So it really sort of counted on depth, and I think probably Vipers just had that little bit more depth than some of the other teams. But thoroughly uh, deserved it. Very exciting day. I say it didn't rain, but it obviously rained during the final, and, and thankfully they had a, a reserve day for the Sunday up at Worcester, 
And hats off to Worcester. They put on a, a great couple of days. They worked so bloody hard, given the conditions. The groundsmen worked all night, really, and, and did a tremendous job. So Tremors will be pleased I'm saying that, and, but no, hats off to them. But it was a great tournament. Uh, again, it, it was a showpiece for, for some of the youngsters to come through, some new faces performing. Um, some of the older ones, dare I say, and your shrub soul bang out. That's, that's, swan, that's swan song for Absolute swan song. Well, and she was fantastic. Um, she took 13 wickets um, during the competition and played her last game in the final. So um, it was a good way to send, see her off and send her off. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, it was good to... The other thing about it was a lot of these um, regionalised teams are putting in overseas players now. And that's really strengthening the sides. Um, and it's also helping a lot of the, the youngsters as well, you know, it, certainly in, in training situations, to be working with players of that sort of calibre. You had Van der Meerkert was playing. You had the clerk at Blaze, who was incredibly successful. They had a fantastic uh, competition. You had Chloe Tryon at Northern Diamonds, a South African. So, uh, oh, and Erin um, Burns, the Australian, up at... Uh, up at um, Phoenix, so not Phoenix. Um, where was she? Central Sparks. Mm. So yeah, it's it's great to see those players of that of, of that caliber playing in that competition as well. Again, just to push it on another level. I interviewed um, Isha Uza um, last month, who was the associate women's cricketer, ICC associate women's cricketer of the year. Plays for the UAE. Yes, yeah. Really, really interesting person. Um, and a phenomenal player by by the, by the looks of it, fastest player to to hit a thousand T Twenty international runs and stuff. But she was talking about how um, obviously the the real progression in associate cricket, but all, like how useful the uh, the fair break tournament has been for the associates. That the way they've been able to come into that tournament and really rub shoulders with you know, the best players in the game and just sharing dressing rooms, et cetera. But mm. that's really helped the development of associate. And, and that's what that competition is all about. And and uh, it's about letting these girls from areas of the world that wouldn't previously have that opportunity. But have the talent. To go out and play in teams, to mix, to play and be coached by professionals, superstars of the game um, and, and to improve their game and give them that exposure. It's been a tremendous success. And, you know, it's going on. It's next year, I think, in May in Hong Kong, the competition. They've got another one, I think, this year in Detroit. I think oh, it's the, before that. America, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a tremendous. Uh, and it's all done through um, sponsorship, really. And yeah. of it just comes through sponsorship. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. That's why I'm a bit hesitant. I can't think of him. I met him. Anyway, it'll come to me. But he's the guy that's actually picked it up, put a lot of his own money into it himself, got the sponsors together, and um, has just made it happen. And and as each year's gone on, the bigger it's got, the bigger names have been there, and the wider the spread of the association players, which has been absolutely brilliant. Because how else are they going to get the opportunities? Oh, it's like you know, when you think of the men's game, and I know they're they're a full member now, but you know, Rashid Khan was obviously for so long with Afghanistan was an associate 
basically remember, you know, to talent exists outside the four members, and it'll be exactly the same in the women's game. You, yeah, nice. I know this guy's name is Martin. Sean Martin. Sean his, Martin. His, his surname came to me. Yeah, Sean Martin is the brains and, and the facilitator that's made this happen, this whole fair break thing happen. He's a phenomenal guy. I met him in Sydney because Lindsay played in the first edition when she was playing out there club cricket and uh, he wanted to get Lindsay involved and we sat down and we had a coffee. And this guy's vision for what he wanted to do and how he was going to achieve it, I thought was, wow, it'd be great yeah. if he could, but maybe he's pushing it a bit far, but he's done it. He's absolutely delivering yeah, totally. it. And, and he is still delivering on it. So hats off to people like Sean Martin. You know? And you, you just think, you know, in a, it may take a year or two, two or, or long, slightly longer, but, you know, teams in the 100 and teams in the WPL will look at that talent pool there, mm. side of the four members, and, you know, to look to pick up those bargains. Mm. Well, they had it in the WPL this year, didn't they? They had... They had so one person. There was one person. One player. One player. Selected as a Yeah, but it's a start, isn't it? And they, they probably need there's to... more in the. There was a lot. There was quite a few in the actual draft just didn't get picked up. Yeah. Well, they need to start opening this up into into the hundred and some of the, the the big bashes. You know, the Australian big bash league and, and the women's big bash league certainly, and, and start getting some of these girls some some exposure. You've got to sell the game. You've got to expand the game. Now, men, going back to men's now, um, have you seen much tall of a blast? Well, <laughs> well, I've been to Lords to watch Middlesex lose every single game they play. Does uh, that count? Well, um, they've been pretty awful, to be fair. Um, anyway, let's not dwell on it. So, uh, I've seen a bit, Freddie. Yeah. Do you know okay. what? So, I, I was at Middlesex, uh, Suffolk, another defeat. Uh, although we, we we took it for the last over, to be fair, we so did, yeah. that's yeah. Uh, that's a positive. But you know, the interesting bit for me that day was just, and this could obviously have a um, part of the reason for this could very well be the fact that Middlesex have lost every single game this season. But the crowd, I just thought, was ridiculously low. Yeah. And is that an in, is that in part timing the hundred, but? You know, a year, two, three years ago, you go to a T20 blast at Lords, and it was a full out, full house. I know what you're saying, Freddie, but I would say I went to the Essex game on the Friday night. Yeah, it was, it was packed. It was full, yeah. apart yeah. from the two, the Compton and Edridge uppers, because they were yeah, shut. Okay. but it, it was full. But yeah, I, I totally agree because I went to the Surrey game as well, and usually yeah. Surrey was the 24. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't. Um, why is that? Is it because of the economic challenges? Oh. I mean, that's the thing. There are so many factors at play, isn't there? There's probably, there's, in truth, it's probably a combination of all of it. Well, I think it's that. And I also think, is it saturation? But also, of course, all these games now are available on, on YouTube. If they're not on Sky, they're on YouTube. Mm. So you don't have to go to the ground to watch the game. You can sit at home with your, with your beer and, and watch it from the comfort of your armchair if you want to be that way inclined. Yeah. So... That's all changed. So those the media dynamics have changed. I think there's there's certainly economic pressures, um, challenges around transport. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, pricing, don't know. There's a lot of factors. It's a different world out there. But um, 
There were still a good few, as I say, but but yeah, nowhere near where it used to be maybe five years ago for some of those matches. Yeah, agree with that. Agree with that. We'll wait until, I think the 100 will be an interesting one to see what, what, what the crowds look like for, for the 100 um, and whether people are being switched off by that now. Well, it's interesting because also this is year three. Yeah. Yeah, it will be interesting. It will be because there's a lot riding on it, right? You know, you think the Ashes has been pushed forward outside of peak time of summer because of the 100 this year? Yeah, very much so. I mean, you can understand the frustration of, of, of no cricket in, 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 in August due to the 100. That's, that is frustrating. But I think it's been a great season so far. County champs, T20s. We didn't really talk about the T20s much, but from what I've seen, again, the crowds have been pretty good at the T20s, the ones I've seen on the TV outside of Lords. It seems quite positive. So clearly it is Middlesex's uh, successive run of long defeats. I don't know whether people go. If, you go if, if, if you're a football team and you keep losing, then you probably don't go. But if it's cricket, I think there's a completely different yeah. philosophy about it, isn't it? You just go because you just want to see a game of cricket. Well, you go, to be honest, <laughs> I, just, I just go in Middlesex because I just want to be there when we finally get the win. Well, you've got five minutes to go, Freddie, and then we're playing Surrey on Sky. Yes, indeed, indeed. So we bet at that point we better wrap up, my friend. Really good conversation. I'm going to hold you to those predictions. Uh, so we will we will bring those those female predictions or female women's predictions out and see how you how you got on. But mate, appreciate it. Appreciate everyone once again for downloading. We hope you're enjoying the series, um, and we hope to be back next month with a with a full crew on board. Thanks, Freddie. 270 for six.